The Natural Heights program is a community built off the youth leaders and the youth who participate in it. Brain chemistry is sort of the foundation of Natural Highs. We talk about feelings, <laughs> Natural Highs, and habits and rituals. So we hear a lot from kids who participate in our programs that they have never received any of this information, you know, not in schools, not in any other programs, uh, and certainly not in drug prevention programs. And so we'd like to bring the information that we think would make a difference to people at the age where they need it the most. I think a lot of people would quit drugs if they knew what Natural Highs taught. Um, I think a big part of that is that Natural Highs teaches you how to feel good on your own without the use of substance. And I feel that once people know that, they make the switch. So hi, Morgan. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being part of the This Badass Sober Life podcast. And um, I'm so honored that you said yes uh, to my request to interview you. Uh, because you had an amazing experience around substance use and the fallout from that and now uh, living life sober that I just think your story is so profound and could really help a lot of people. And so I'm so happy that you said yes when I asked you to uh, have a conversation here on this podcast. And I just want to tell all our, all our listeners that uh, we want to protect your, um, your privacy uh, because your story is, uh, has so many facets to it. And so because of this, on this podcast, you will see me as the interviewer uh, in, uh, you see my picture and uh, you won't see Morgan's picture uh, just to explain that. Uh, but um, my sense is that you know people will learn so much from your wisdom so this is the problem that still because of stigma um there's not a lot of people who come forward with their story around substance use and their experiences with that because of the stigma and so that's why it's even more important that we talk today and that you get to share your experiences so thank you for being no, thank you, Avani. I, I, I really appreciate you even asking me. It's kind of like, who wants to hear my story? <laughs> you know? But, you know, it is, it is something. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. is something, right? Yeah. And I just want to say, right, we, we crossed paths in natural highs. Uh, yeah. You came to a class that we do for adults at Naropa University. And so mm -hmm. this is how we met. And then, you know, slowly, slowly, I learned more and more about your story. And I was just so moved by what you have overcome and um, just uh, the price you had to pay. And so why don't we start from the beginning? So uh, tell whatever part of your story you want to tell us. Like, how did this all start? Like, how did you get involved with substance use? Um, so I'll start at the beginning. I had a beautiful life. I had a beautiful family and friends. I played sports. I got scholarships. I used to go on vacations. My family's from Jersey and New York. So we'd spend the summers and on the beach and 
I had a beautiful life, but towards when I got into maybe, I don't know, sixth, seventh grade, I noticed my mom was always taking pills. My dad was drinking constantly. I mean, they were both working. They both made a lot of money. They, they provided a beautiful life for me and my brother. And, uh, and I never really noticed it or maybe it wasn't as bad as it was until I got into about seventh or eighth grade. And I started seeing what was going on. And for me, it was more like a party because every weekend let's go to, you know, you know, my house and my parents would have big parties and we'd have sports parties and it was always just a big party. Um, then when I was, when I was ni- almost 19, my dad got real sick. Um, his liver and his kidneys were shutting down from alcohol and he died in our house uh, in front of us. And um, that was a huge blow to me. I was a, I was really a daddy's girl. I played sports constantly. I always looked up to my dad. He was definitely uh, the strong force in my life. And that really changed the course of my life drastically, obviously. Um, so that's when I guess drugs and alcohol, alcohol was introduced to me younger at a younger age. Cause when my parents would, you know, have parties and stuff, we'd sneak alcohol, we'd start getting drunk. And then all the kids, when they come to my house, cause my parents were no longer parents, they were our friends. And, um, so then he passed away. Um, I was still in school to become a, um, a chef. I went to Esalen Institute in uh, Big Sur, California and uh, became a chef out there, lived out there for a while, um, got my life somewhat together. And uh, then I found out my mom was not doing so hot. So moved back to Colorado and uh, I don't know, maybe six months later, my mom, um, we found her in her home and she had over 30 methadone pills in her um, belly and she was gone. She had been dead for I don't know, about five or six hours by that point, me and my brother found her. So that was another huge blow. At that point, I think um, I would, all all my family's in Jersey at this point. So it's just me and my little brother. My brother was only, I think, 17 at the time. I was 21. So I lost my dad at 19, my mom at 21. And I went into this beast mode where I worked. I was, a, I was an executive chef for the West and Westminster for 15 years. I fed presidents, I fed all the sports people you can imagine. Um, and it was good, but I was on an autopilot is what I, I believe it was because I was working really hard, but I was also at that point taking a lot of painkillers and I was getting them from a doctor, but it got to the point where you're supposed to take three a day and I was taking 15 just to work. And then at that point, you know, um, I was getting to the point where I was going to work at 4 a.m. and not leaving till 11 p.m. So instead of taking downers all day, I needed something to, you know, wake me up and keep me going. So I would start, you know, uh, snorting cocaine or uh, meth came into my life at that point. Um, And, you know, 15 years later, working for the Westin, I finally got to the point where I was, you know, using my fentanyl patches that I was getting from the doctor. I was smoking them. I was using meth to stay up and I couldn't function. My body pretty much just gave out and they um, put me on leave of absence to get my shit together. 
And, you know, at that point I was lost because I had been working there for 15 years. Where do I go from here? I lost my health insurance, which I lost all my pills, which um, brought in heroin. Um, somebody said, smoke this. You don't need 15 pills a day. You can smoke this and be fine. And that's how it started. And I was fine for a little while. Um, and then things just started getting out of control. I mean, I've never shot any kind of drugs, but smoking them, snorting them, eating them, any, any sort of way I could get them into my body. Um, I lost my relationship with somebody that I had been with for 22 years. I lost my job. I, my brother was no longer in my life. You know, he couldn't watch me die like he watched my parents. And uh, so he kind of took off and I found some, you know, hope in somebody. He was a man, he worked um, in the Navy and he was like a career Navy guy and he offered me a place to stay and um, food and, you know, he gave me shelter and made me feel loved again. And I hadn't felt that in a while. Um, and then found out he had an alcohol problem severely and um, was kicked out of the Navy for some, some bad stuff. But um, in, I only knew him for about three months and then he raped me. I, uh, uh, and because of the rape, I, I was pregnant with twins. And um, that family was so important to me that I, abortion wasn't in the cards for me. So and this is where things get real bad because I didn't want to be a monster and give them away but I didn't love them. You know, they were a product of a rape. Mm -hmm. So I had them and gave them up. Um, people look at me like I'd be a monster, but I thought I was given life. And that really spent, like, that was the beginning of the, the real bad spiral that happened. Not like any of that stuff wasn't bad enough, but um, after I gave them up, I just lost hope and did not care what happened so I spiraled into drug use and theft to help me get through my days of drug use and I had nothing I lost my car my house my life my family my friends and I was alone um and then I started getting arrested and getting in big trouble and uh that set me down the path of you know trying to do the probation thing and you know I met some really good people, but I wasn't ready. I don't think at that point. And uh, I actually got pregnant again with my son, Skylar, who I love very much. Um, had him and got arrested straight from the hospital because I have warrants because of my arrest. So that started um, the, the healing process, I guess, because then I got, you know, sent to rehab and I did have a couple relapses from then. And then I met you guys. And um, thus far, everything, you know, that you guys have been teaching me and showing me, like I'm a Reiki practitioner, like energy movement and the trance dance, I, I can't express how much that stuff has helped me. Um, you know, it's still a process and I'm still going through a lot of stuff, but, you know, where I'm at now, I feel love and gratitude I feel compassion I feel like meaning I feel light I feel like I'm a bright light now I you know I've come from 
the deepest, darkest darkness I can imagine to happiness and waking up and smiling and dancing and singing. So this is like, you know, it's been a process. I take a little bit from each little thing, from rehab, from my classes, but mostly I take, I take my wisdom from you and, and my, my classmates and, you know, and I, and I try to work everything into my life um, on a daily basis now. And I can't, because I didn't ever thought I'd have a happy, a happiness that I feel now today that I, you know, ever, I never thought that that would be possible. I've come from such smothering confusion and alone and isolation to so, so much more, so much more of a beautiful place than, than I, than I ever thought I could ever be. And then you guys, uh, the whole natural highs has, opened my eyes you guys are teaching me what I needed to learn not about you know like oh if you do this you're bad it's like let's let's get to the point where you're happy enough you never want to do that again you know and like I can't like I, I just like I can't like thank you enough or everybody else that has stepped into my life since then because at the point where I met you Vani I think I was at the point where my knuckles were so white that I couldn't you know bear it anymore and that's when most people relapse I feel um and when I met you down in a circle and I felt this community of people and I met people from Esalen that I went to and I and I was just like wow because that was when I was the last time that I can remember I was happy was when I was there and we sat around and you guys explained the mate and you know and and all the herbs that might help me and then I actually went out and did that and used them and was like, wow, there's a whole nother way because you feel like, you, you know, you, you're, you're white knuckling so much that you're like, there is no other way I have to use, or I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to stand myself throughout the day today. And you give options on how to do that. And I just follow them. And it's like, what the, you know? Like, it's almost like mind blowing, like for real, this actually does work because you hear so many things in your, in your, you know, your path to where I'm at now and people saying, oh, well, you will relapse or, oh, you will do this. So when this happens and it's not like that and it's more, uh, I feel part of a community that I feel loved in and not like a forced community like AA and I'm sorry to say it like that, but you know, that's, that's how I feel. I feel like this is a, you know, something and the movement part, sorry, I need to put that in there. The movement, I felt so naked when I left the room that day that we did the trans, the trans dance for the first time. And I was like, I, I needed to like run out of there. I was embarrassed. And, but I do it every day now. Like I'll dance even in the shower and I'll like literally to the weirdest music, but it makes me feel so good it makes me feel like I can breathe. It makes me feel happy. And I laugh at myself, <laughs> you know? So that's kind so, of my story. There you go. It's amazing, right? I mean, it is amazing. And I want to talk with you a little bit about the difference between white knuckling and what you do now. But before we go there, I just want to say, you know, I cannot tell you how many people I work with who go into these incredibly destructive cycles with substance use and the story starts 
because a parent died when they were young. I mean, it is a pattern. It is so painful to me to see that, right? That oftentimes substance use spirals uh, when a young person is overwhelmed with grief and, and doesn't get any support. Because a lot of times when a parent dies, you know, the other parent is so in uh, grief and shock themselves that the kids are kind of left alone without much support. And then in your situation, having both parents die so young, because really at 19, 21, you're still a young person. You're still a kind of a kid, you know, right. and that is so over the top and that in our culture, we don't understand how to help people with grief and loss, uh, it's just very painful, you know, because here you are a person who would, who would deserve support. And then the, the trauma just keeps piling on, you know, and your right. story is so intense with that. But I don't think you're the only one. I think there is so many people out there who have exactly that experience. You know, I, you know that I worked in the Boulder County Jail and I heard this story over and over and over where people go through very severe trauma and then don't receive support and then basically go towards substances to self-medicate. And then that, of course, sets up a whole dynamic of further trauma. Uh, so it's just, it's heartbreaking, you know, because... No, I agree with you. There, yeah. there needs to be some some sort of, you know, like, I mean, some sort of help group that like is needs to happen or some sort of trauma or something to let these kids feel safe and let them feel understood. Cause I'd never got any kind of counseling. Like I said, like my mom died, like I was still grieving my father when my mom died. So I, and then I was like, well, okay, now what, you know, right. the two people in your life that you need to turn to are gone. Right now, where do you go? And I didn't right. have any family here either. So, yeah. but to have some sort of support group within that trauma or, or dance movement or something for kids that they can, you know, I don't even remember anybody like giving me a card or saying, here, call these people. Like I didn't have any support. Still don't. It's still a fresh room. I'm still trying to, you know, work through and yeah. talking about it helps, but you're, you're right. There's nothing for kids. And where, where do you go? You know? So we, I think as a community, right, we need to watch out for kids, young people, but really people all ages who go through severe loss or trauma that they're not okay. Like they need support and to reach right. out for them because the people directly next to them might be also affected by the trauma and might not be able to give that support, right? So I think that's right. where we need the village that's where we need to really look out for, not just for our family members, but for neighbors and people we know. And uh, because just the idea that you were left alone at that young age with that severe loss is just, is really heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. So no wonder, yeah. it makes total sense to me that you would get desperate about how to medicate that and how to deal with that. And that's all I saw my parents do. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's how I saw them medicate and, and deal with stress. And that's, so that's all I knew. I, that's, that's all I knew, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I want to talk about, 
and you might have to explain the term white knuckling to people because not everybody understands it. Uh, so talk about your experience, the difference between white knuckling sobriety and then what you're doing, uh, you know, what you've learned in how to do it in a different way. Okay, so if you could see me right now, I'd show you. I just have my fist clenched as hard as possible and your knuckles start to get white because all the blood starts to leave your hand. It's so, so to me, white knuckling it is <clears throat> waking up wanting to use, but can't because you know you have UA or you might get in trouble in the court system or you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're doing it for your family. You're doing it for your kids, but you're not doing it for yourself. You're just doing it and you're, and you're just struggling every single moment, every single, you know, minute to, to not use. Um, but what I'm doing now, the difference between then and now, and usually you will relapse if you are white knuckling it and you're not doing anything besides that. Um, what I do now is I meditate, I dance. I sing, I, I'll, I'll start like screaming some weird noises that everybody's probably like, she sounds like a dead whale. And, but it makes me feel good. Um, I use energy movement throughout my body. I will do detox. I have my herba mate every single day, all day long. I have a bunch of different herbs in my, you know, I had, there, there's a little apothecary in Lafayette, yep, there you go in Lafayette that I go to and I've been getting you know my own if okay so I have to backtrack the Sashandra um is that the one why, why am I forgetting the name of it I I drank the the tea at our one of our I think it was our second class and that's was not the name of it was it passion flower or was it Damiano no Damiana, that there. I don't know why I couldn't. Remember. So we did that in the second class, and everybody's like, you know, it's the closest thing you can have to, you know, like marijuana or whatever, without it being marijuana. And I drank that that night, and I thought I was, I was like, oh my god, I almost feel drunk. Like I don't want to drive my car. I was so nervous, but it felt so good to know that I could actually drink something, calm down, laugh, and smile. And that's all you kind of need in the times of when you, you you're so you need to use so bad just go get some of that calms you down you take some breaths and you're like okay I'm all right you know what I mean it's a huge shift in like oh god what am I gonna do two minutes from now I'm gonna call somebody I, I can't do it to having an option in front of your face like a real live not a thought not a breath not a, sticking your foot on the ground and trying to get centered here it's like a real deal thing that's in front of your face that you can drink and just calm down. And I don't know if that goes back to my addiction or my, 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 you know, my addict mind, but to have something like that, it's almost like a cigarette or a joint or something. You can just calm down and everything's going to be fine. And it actually, not only that, but like the um, nutrition thing, like I just, it's, it's making me feel sharper. I feel happier. I don't feel so sluggish or depressed. I like have completely cut out sugar, except for there's like a granola bar. I eat just sometimes if I need something, but I've almost completely cut that out. Um, I feel good. All of that that I just said makes you feel amazing. 
And then if you can sit, like if you can do the trans dance, you can almost transport yourself to like a different dimension. And I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how it feels with me. I can turn lights off and turn on some music and freak out to myself. And it makes me feel so vibrant and so, you know, like almost like, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know if anybody's done this, but like on almost like tripping mushrooms or something. And that's somewhere where I need to be sometimes because my reality is so dark and, and it's been so traumatic for me. Sometimes I need to be in that other dimension and I need to get away from right here and right now because I can't deal with it. So instead of dealing with the drugs, I, I transport myself somewhere else and do the same thing without hurting myself and everybody else around me, if that makes think, any sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And, you know, I just want to point that out. I think, you know, and, you know, we know that AA is fantastic for a lot of people. They have done so much work providing community. But what I, what I think in traditional substance abuse treatment or support is missing is, you know, people are told that when you have a craving for a drug, that you just need to not do that and that you just need to, you know, stay abstinent. I don't think that this is how we humans work. I think our Stone Age brain that was designed in, you know, over 2 million years we were hardwired that when we feel not good, that we want to go out and try to find something that makes us feel better. I mean, right. I think that is hardwired into us, right? And then to tell people who struggle with an addiction to say, now you can't do this anymore. I just don't think it works for people. I don't think it works for any human, right? I mean, so here we put that on people who are really in severe places, but I don't think any human being could do that, right? Because any human, when we feel bad, we try to find something to make us feel better. Right, exactly. So I think that's a really big piece of natural highs that we understood is that there's nothing wrong with that impulse to want to do something to make you feel better, but we can get smarter about it, right? We can do things that are actually not harming us that are not uh, perpetuating an addiction, but that are actually nurturing your brain or your body in that moment, right? Like, so for example, our beautiful yerba mate ritual or all the other herbs that help with craving or mental health stuff uh, or addiction stuff. And, you know, the fact that that's not commonly taught is just sad so it's mind-blowing to me yeah. it really this yeah. needs to be all the everybody that's growing up and going to school needs to know about this because you know I, I don't like to even think about it but they'll end up like me or worse and it's just it's not necessary my life could have been so much different if I would have known these, these things instead of just saying oh changing the way you, you say things or think it's like okay that's a part of it but there's so much more here that we need to teach people because you can feel good it's like holy shit sorry but it you can feel good and to me that's that's mind-blowing it's like oh my god here's a way i can actually do something to make myself feel better which will better my life and not hurt me where has this been all my life you know and that's how i, I feel and, you know, I think it's, it's sadly such an issue of privilege, right? Like who has access to the education, let's say on 
the herbs uh, that are good for mental health and addiction or who has access to all the education around you know altered states of consciousness that you can get into without doing drugs i mean it's an issue of privilege who is you know it costs a lot of money to go to esalen and take a workshop or it go you know it yeah. takes a lot of uh, uh you you just need to be in this kind of privileged position to even know about these things and so that's why we want to change that right that's why we teach natural highs to women on probation because we want everybody to have access right. to amazing resources that are you know very affordable and very available once you know about them right right i mean it's you're you're doing something so groundbreaking uh, like with just all of it the little pieces you always say that like there's like this one big thing all, all these little dimensions that are inside of this circle and it's that's what it is. It's like, you eat better, you feel better. You drink this, you feel better. You dance, you feel better. And it all comes to everybody, you know, and it's like, it's the simplest things, but I feel like, like the big pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know about this stuff. I feel like they lie to you about all the food that they give us. I mean, it's just, it's all lies, lies, lies. And you're actually bringing the truth and the truth actually feels good instead of feeling like crap. And it's amazing. So like, I mean, everybody needs to know about this stuff like it's it's crazy to me that nobody does and it, I, I mean you're I'm very lucky that I got to join that first class and learn about this you're like my brain like I was very very because you know you don't think that you'll ever come back for the damage that you've done to yourself or at least I didn't think so you know and you know learning that my brain will heal itself and that my neurotransmitters will start fixing themselves and you know eating will help with this and then and then drinking this will help with this it's just like oh so eat eat right drink the right things you know dance smile you have a happy life i mean it's, <laughs> it's kind of simple it's not that simple but it's you know and then yeah. everybody needs to know these all yeah. these kids that just want to get you know they want to drink or do drugs and hang out at parties and be the cool kid because i did that and i'll tell you it, 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 nothing from that is good nothing bad things happen at parties, bad stuff happens when you start using, especially that young, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what you're taking. And, you know, instead of being able to do that, like you going into a high school is so cool. I think just because, you know, these kids, and I mean, you got tons of them that are just like, yeah, sober. And I mean, you never heard that in my, you know, <laughs> in high school, if you said sober, you probably got kicked out, you know, but uh, I mean, it's, it's such a cool deal that, you know, you've, been studying this for so long and are figuring it out it's like I'm getting these like light bulbs in my head they're like ha ha ding that makes sense and it's it should be taught when we're younger all this should because they get you know you get to you know like me I was 21 and the life just went and it's it can be better life can be so much better my life is good now right now at this moment I'm happy and I'm I'm content and I don't have the white knuckles going on anymore. And it's a good feeling. And my son knows that he can feel that every time we're around each other. And, you know, um, so let me, let me ask you, uh, cause in natural highs, we say we purposefully don't do treatment, but we are a leadership and peer mentor program, right? So we want right. to teach people that 
there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing broken so you don't really need treatment what you need is education and then you can learn to be a leader for yourself and for other people and i just want to get your take on that because i think um you are such a rock star peer mentor now uh, just what that shift in thinking or identity uh, what that did for you i'm curious to hear you know because most people will will still are channeled into treatment right where people say you have a substance use disorder now you need treatment um, and we are different right we are a grassroots nonprofit activist uh, movement and uh, we want to show people that yeah, maybe you don't need treatment. Maybe you need to just get education and then be in the place where you can advocate for yourself and other people. So I'm just curious what you think about that and what that has done for you. Um, so, okay, yeah, it's, it's a huge shift for me because I never really thought that, you know, like when you see movies about people that go to rehab and it's like, oh my God, they're so nuts. They're crazy. Like, I was always like, I don't need rehab. You know what I mean? What I really needed was somebody to explain to me what happened and why my life exploded and what trauma happened to me to get me to that place. And I needed to figure out how to fix that or not fix it, but sit with those feelings and, and um, work through them instead of sitting at a desk or, or with somebody teaching you saying you're horrible, you're alcoholic or you're an addict, you can never do this again this is not your life. And if you do, you will die. And it's like, okay, that's not, you know, fun at all. So to this program has taught me like, it's a lifestyle change. So I'm not scared. I'm not like, oh my God, you know, uh, in, in rehab, they said this and I'm going to die. It's like, no, you're not going to die. You'll be fine. Let's, you know, like having support with you guys, sitting in a group of people that are not just all addicts. That's another big thing for me because when you sit in a room, like I feel like in AA or NA or anything, like you sit in a room and you know, everybody in that room's had a problem and they just talk about how great their life is. But if you use, you will die and it'll be horrible. And they kick you out of the class and you're not allowed to go in there. And I don't feel as if that's what needs to happen. What needs to happen is we need to explain to people why things in their life are happening give them a choice if they would like to change it or not and show them that things can actually be wonderful and good. So you're not scared because people, when they, people get scared, they run, they run and they hide. And it, you know, I feel like rehab is scary and what they do to you in there is scary and what they teach you is scary. Um, this, this course has changed the way I look on, look at things um, because it's a community and it's a lifestyle change. And you don't have to do it if you don't want to, but when you feel as good as you start feeling, you're like, okay, I do want this. You know, it's something that I do want. I want to feel good and I want to be educated on, on trauma and how to move this through my body so I can get it out. And it'll, it, it sticks with you for the rest of your life. It's life skills to make you a happier understanding person of what you have done and what is coming in the future. And that's the difference for me. It's a community of, 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 like-minded people, not all addicts. Some of them are teachers, some of them are therapists, some of them are students trying to understand about addiction and what's going on here. And it's amazing. And it makes the whole dynamic of it different because you're not sitting there like, 
that person's looking at you or you're looking at them. Oh, it's just, it's a, it's a great group of people with a brilliant mind that want to learn more. And so do I, because the more I learn, the better I feel about it all, the more like uh, secure I feel in myself and in my own skin. Cause I'm like, okay, I know how to deal with this. We talked about this last week. I, I can move forward and it's, it makes you feel good, especially the, the education part of it. Cause what you teach does not ever get taught ever, anywhere, like anywhere. Nobody tells us that like, one thing that has always stuck with me one time in class, you said that we are, are um, cave, caveman minds. We're not supposed to be happy all the time. Right. And I've always chased that happiness that I used to have as a child when my parents were around and I, you know, that happiness has always stuck with me. So I've been chasing it and I have to throw drugs in there because that makes me happy for two seconds and then, then numbs it. <laughs> but you chase that happiness and to know that we're not made for that makes me feel so much more relaxed. Like, okay, well then shit, what am I doing? Why am I chasing this? <laughs> you know? Right. So right? it's like crazy when you think about it, right? Like in this country, people have to go to graduate school and study psychology or neuroscience to learn these things. Yeah, and it's why crazy. Are we not teaching that in middle school or high school, you know, when people actually need that information. Right. Like they teach us a fantasy that's really almost never, you know, I, I, I just, it, it's just, it's absolutely like an amazing shift for me. It's not, I am not scared about this anymore. I'm excited. So there's the difference. Like before, like the rehab deal, it just scared the crap out of me. And I was not, I didn't feel secure. I felt scared and shit. I was like, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail this. I'm going to fail this person. This person's going to hate me. I'm going to be embarrassed. Everybody's going to dislike me or disown me. And here it's not like that. It's like, here's the education that you need. You take it and do with what, what you will, but you'll be okay. At the end of the day, you're still going to be all right. And we're here for you no matter what. And you know, at that point, your, your whole mind is like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I think the first class I left there, I was all in. I was like, this is awesome. This is, it's, I can breathe. It's something I can do. I know I can do it and it feels good. And you have that support to do it. And if I you think, choose so. I think we, because we, we can show that these are human topics, right? These are right. not topics for some people who have the label addict on them this is actually <laughs> part of every human's experience and yes we are on a spectrum with people having different severity of you know issues but really we all should learn about these things right that oh, we yeah. all have cravings and we all sometimes want to do unhealthy things and that there are alternatives for everybody i mean the funniest thing to me is when people come to our program and they think they do it for professional reasons, right? To learn about <laughs> natural highs. And then they're like, oops, uh, how I relate to sugar. Maybe that has some addiction <laughs> patterns to it. Or oops, this glass of wine I drink every night. Maybe I should look at that. You know, so it, it actually equalizes everybody, right? Because we all right. understand, oh, this is not the addict. This is all of our... Uh, this we need to all wrap our minds around that and we all need to learn about it so we're actually all in the same boat you know and I think when when you talk about this feeling of not being able to breathe from that pressure 
um, that that gets lifted because we understand, oops, we're all in this, you know, right. and it makes it kind of like an interesting topic. I mean, that's why I never get tired of it because it's like so fascinating how humans tick and how our emotional experience is and how we can change it. I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't see anything more interesting for humans to deal with than that. Oh, I know. It gives me like butterflies in my stomach just to think about it because it's just, it's so, we still have so much to learn and there's so much we can still do. It's like, it's like, it's like opening presents, you know, you get super excited about it because you're like, okay, what am I going to learn today? This is crazy. Your neuroscience and your brain and the way you function and your emotions. Believe me, I didn't really go through much emotions before this class because I never kind of like tapped into it I was always really really scared to do that and but it's so I mean every day I learn something new every day I feel something better I mean yeah and we're all in the same boat because some people are like oh you know like I was I was uh my brother has to have uh surgery on his knee and I was talking to him about it and um he struggled with addiction as well, obviously my parents, you know, but he's been sober for a while now and he's nervous because he has to have surgery on his knee, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, I got you, buddy. We'll go to the, we'll go to Rachel's apothecary. We'll get what we need. I was like, I'm sure they'll have some stuff we can do because he doesn't want to take any pain pills. So Good for we're him. trying to, uh, yeah, for the surgery. So we're yeah. trying to do this all the right way. So I mean, and also, you know, you can ask doctors now for non-narcotic pain management, right? So they have non-narcotic options now. So just know that, right? Uh, you can specifically work with your doctors around that. Yeah, he uh, gave him a number of a lady that he needs to get a hold of because that was the first thing that he said mm -hmm. in the consultation is, you know, if I have to get surgery, I really do not want to take pain medication. I've been off of it for like six years now. so. So we're, we're working on it, but I was just, you know, I mean, I was like, how cool now you can drink some tea with me. I said, we can hang out, buddy. Right. So, you know, it's, it's all good. It's all, I mean, it's to wake up with a smile on your face and not hungover or scared. Cause where are you going to get the drugs today or sick or throwing up or, I mean, such a horrible, horrible place to be compared to waking up and seeing my son and the smell, I know, I, I still drink coffee in the morning. I smell my coffee. It's like my morning happiness. And to feel like I was sitting out on my porch this morning because I was nervous about this today. And I was sitting out there and I could feel like how the humidity was touching my skin and I could feel it. And my skin wasn't crawling. You know, it used to crawl because I was so sick and I didn't want anything to touch me. And I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm tan. I feel good. I got my coffee. Life's good. And it is. And it, it's all because of a lifestyle change. It's not one thing. It's a ton of things put together. And I think everybody's, you know, everybody's change and path is different. Mine's not going to be the same as the next person's. And you know what I mean? Things, and some people might like the meditation better than the dance or, you know, it, it, so it's, it's, you give everybody like a, a handful of things, go ahead and try this and see what you like, take what you like and, you know, let's keep moving. And that's the coolest part about it. We got options here. 
Yeah, you know? totally. And I want to I wanna just say, right, the, the beautiful thing about this podcast, this Badass Sober Life podcast, is that it is a community podcast. So different people from very different walks of life interview very different people, right? So lots of different people listen to this podcast from lots of, from, from, for lots of different reasons. So right. I want to ask you in particular, because you have been through so much darkness and through such hard moments. So I want you to imagine that somebody listens to this podcast who is in a really dark place in their life, maybe with substances, maybe with mental health, maybe with trauma or grief or loss, what message would you send this person who might be in a place where they just want to give up or are very hopeless that anything, or they might have been through lots of treatment and nothing has ever helped them? Like, what would you tell them? What message would you want to send them? Um, I would say there is more than hope. There's a sanctuary waiting for you if you really, really want it. And the the biggest thing is the the getting your mind. I feel like getting your mind right, knowing what you want, and then going for it. Because life can be more than amazing, and it can be, you know, you you can go places that you never could ever imagine if you really, really want it. So if you get the mind switch, like I'm over this, I can't do this anymore. Try to find a place where you can get your mind right, which would mean get sober. You know, you need to kind of like get those out. Of, you need to get the drugs, you know, out of your body and start healing yourself. And once you start healing yourself, like little by little, day by day, things will start getting better if you truly want them. If you, if you put forth the effort um, and... I know that that's hard to do sometimes in that place because you feel so alone, but if you can reach out and find a little bit of help, try to get sober enough to get your mind on a clear path of what you want and then just go for it, you know, run as fast as you can and just hit every stop and just do whatever you need to do. Because once you are there, it's something else. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful world that, I know that that person probably doesn't think would ever be um, attainable, but it is. And so I, that's all I can say. I wish I could say, hey, there's a magic pill to take and just take that and you'll be good. Because I love pills. I, I let everybody know. I used to. And uh, there's not. It's kind of like if you really want it, you know, you need to grab, grab somebody or, or, you know, I'll reach out my hand. Whoever, however you need to do it, fine find some help and, and, and then you just kind of work through it, but it, it's there. And especially with this, you know, with this natural highs, like I can't, if somebody, I don't know, that's why I'm trying to do this. Cause I would love to reach out my hand and pull people out of that darkness. That's, that's just not a, you know, a good place to be in. And unfortunately we, you know, usually end up in, you know, in jail. And then that's kind of where you get your mind right because you, you can't use anymore. It's kind of just taken from you. But if you can do it without going there, that'd be the key. You know, you need to ask for help. You need to ask somebody to be there and, and hold your hand through it if you need to. And I'm sure somebody, you know, within this community would. And then you just, you go from there. Every day is like, you know, a happy step forward. 
totally. And I'm going to put resources at the end of our interview, right? How people can connect with Natural Highs, how people can uh, connect with Rebecca's Apothecary. Uh, so definitely we will uh, put out links. The last okay. thing I want to ask you, Morgan, is that, you know, we called this podcast, This Badass Sober Life Podcast, because I believe <laughs> that being sober is not this like treacherous, boring thing, but it's actually so badass and so amazing. And there's actually, you are one of the people that represent that the most to me. You are Aww. such a rock star. You are such an amazing peer mentor and such a powerful presence in how you represent that, right? Like coming from really dark places, overcoming that, and now being this real shining light for other people. And so I want to ask you, what is badass to you about living a sober life? <laughs> Me, I'm badass. I love my life. You know what I mean? Everything is badass about it. You wake up and you're kick-ass. You're, you're, you're strong. You're healthy. Your mind's right. You know, you're going out there every day and you're, you're living a happy, badass, sober life. Your kids are seeing it. Your family's seeing it. You just gain this confidence that makes you the badass that, you know, you are when you're sober. Like, I'm a bad, I'm a bad person when I'm not sober. I am a badass sober. I, I, I feel like I can kill it all day, every day. And I can, and I can, and that's, what's so badass about being sober. Your opportunities are endless. Your, your, your life is, is a dream. It's beautiful. And it's all of that's badass. You know, you're, you, it's, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, except it's, um, it's, it's the, and it is the road less traveled, I would say, you know what I mean? And that's another badass thing about it. You're doing things that most people can't. And hopefully, you know, this podcast can help somebody, you know, become the badass. Because I know I am, you know what I mean? I'm proud of myself. I'm happy. I'm, you know, I've done some amazing things and I, anybody can do it. If I can do it, I mean, it's like I was in the bowels of hell and I'm, and I'm, flying high, you know, and I am a badass. And anybody that, you know, wants to try this program, it's not even a program. It's just like a, you know, hey, you want to hang out and, you know, have some tea, let's talk and let's dance. And, and you know, you walk out of there with a huge smile. So that's badass in itself. Being yeah, sober is hard. Yeah, exactly. And I think this would be my message to everybody who has a really hard time right now or is in a really dark place. I think the reason you are as bad as, as you are is because you have come through the dark in the way you have, right? I mean, yes. if your life would have been easy, you would not be the same person, right? So I think that's what people who are stuck in dark places don't realize that if they can pull through, this is going to turn into a, a, an asset, right? Into a treasure that you can actually help other people with their dark and that it makes you such a profound person because you know what it means to struggle and overcome really, really hard things. And that is waiting for every person who's in the dark right now, if they can see that, right? That there is a way out and uh, that there are people who don't judge you, 
who want to be in community with you. Uh, they're just waiting for you to make that connection. You know? Right. I wouldn't, I would definitely not be the person I am with all the things that have happened to me in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I can't express to people how, how difficult it is. I know that, you know, coming from me, I, I understand, or I, I've been there and done that. And I, it's extremely, I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's because it, I, I can't get it out you your life is the life that you live makes you the person that you are the person that you are is the person that you strive to be on a daily basis so don't look at yourself like I say oh my god people are gonna think I'm disgusting when I got raped right and I was like nobody's gonna love me nobody wants me you know what I mean and and but because of that I think I'm a better mom to my my son than I have now and um everything you know I think I'm a good mom I think I'm making my parents proud for being the person that I am right now. And um, so, no, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And I'm very proud of the person that I am today. You know, I'm very proud of that. I don't think many people thought I could do it, you know, including myself at times, Mm -hmm. but I'm here. And that's what's so badass because I can wake up and I can smile. I wake up and I look at my son in the morning. He wakes up and says, morning, mommy. And it makes my day. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to have that it just even just a year ago, you know? Right, right. Um, so, yeah, you know. So I'd love to talk with you forever because <laughs> it said you're just like a box full of wisdom and insights and, um, and so much, you know, positive energy. I mean, it's like, uh, you know... <laughs> Every time, every time we do a class together and you're on the team, it is unique. It's different because you are there. So just know that you have such a powerful being because of who you are and what you've overcome. And um, so I just wanted to share that with people in the world uh, of what a journey can look like. And there's no dark uh, that ever anybody should give up in you know that it's there's a way out and your life is such a testimony to that and so I thank you so much for sharing your story Uh, and I hope it reaches people in the world that are in dark places right now and that need to hear that you can even overcome the darkest dark and that then you can actually do something good with it Uh, because you're doing that, Morgan. So I thank thank you so much. I'm so glad you're on our team. And um, I just hope we can reach people who need this right now. Me too. I, I have a, you guys can't see me, but I have a huge smile on my face. I smile a lot. And I thank you, Ivani, too, for everything you guys have done for me. It's been, it's been quite a journey so far. I can't wait to see where where else it's going to go. And everybody else, you can hang in there, man. You can do it. I know it. If I can do it, I know that's like the worst saying ever, isn't it? If I can do it, you can do it. But it's the truth with me. (laughs) You know? Totally. Totally. All right. Super. We have beautiful guided practices, audios, video courses, and lots of ways uh, how you can be part of the community and donate and uh, support our work at the same time. 
So we'd love to be connected with you. You can find us on Instagram. We are Natural Highs Official on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We are Natural Highs Community on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. So get in touch with us with your feedback. Uh, if you want to be a guest or have a guest recommendation for this Badass Sober Life podcast, we would love to hear from you. Uh, please send us an email on avani at naropa.edu. And uh, if you would like to be a sponsor or a collaborator, we would love to be connected with you. So get in touch with us. And in the meantime, be well and live your badass sober life.